Welcome to Episode 2 of the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast. Welcome to the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast, where we explore how insurance agents can leverage technology to create better relationships with our prospects, customers, and agency team members. We believe tech should help us serve customers better and more efficiently, not replace the human-to-human interaction that's made the independent insurance agent a trusted advisor to clients. You'll hear from industry experts and agents who are on the leading edge of marketing, tech, and providing world-class customer experiences. It's time to level up the industry, and you're the trendsetters who can. Thanks for joining us. Today, we interview Jeff and Una Roy, superstar agents from Clinton, Ontario, Canada. George keeps telling me it's good to fail. Let's listen to Jeff and Una Roy and see if they agree. So, Jeff and Una, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. We're just um, you know, wrapping up the event that where you spoke at the Big Eye um, Insure Expo here in uh, Raleigh-Durham area. Fantastic. You've gotten awesome responses to your presentations. I know you've gotten a lot of agents talking, and more importantly, you've gotten them thinking about what to do in your agency. So can you tell us a little bit about at what point when you came into the agency did you realize that you needed to be different than other agencies or you needed to do something different than the traditional agent does? Yeah, I think, I think uh, Charlotte, thanks very much. And by the way, we've had a great time here in uh, North Carolina. Abby and his team do just a fantastic job, great speakers, and uh, we've learned a lot of things as much as sharing. But uh, to answer your question, uh, we started about 2011. We had this feeling in our gut that we just weren't doing things well enough. There was a change happening. We, weren't, we were stagnant. We were flat. And we needed to do something different. So that's kind of what we went into learning mode, and uh, we ran into a few people on our trips. We met a guy named Michael McLean that had a mastermind group that used to be with Michael Jans, and he brought some of the best agents on the planet together uh, with his Navy SEALs and his Ultimate Millionaire Agent course. And uh, it was that point that Una and I realized that, wow, there's so many things we weren't doing, and uh, we're people that take massive action. So when we show up, we listen, we make a list, we try and start things immediately when we're at a session. And I, Again, I talked about airport amnesia. A lot of agents go to conferences, they're all jacked, they're ready to take the world on, and then they get get hammered at the bar and uh, they go home and they never do anything right and uh, we're people that make a list of 10 or 15 things and Una can attest uh, when we chat we go through a list right Una? Yeah we go through our list and both of us make our own list first and then we come together and we'll see like okay obviously this is extremely important because we both have this these on the list so we'll go through those first and put them at the top of the list and cut them off make a time limit this is when we're going to do this by and this is how we're going to do it. So I'm very fortunate that we've met so many people and so many connections that we have people that we can connect with to help us make those big changes in their organization and make it successful. Yeah, and then what happened is we started doing the small changes, and that's when we started realizing that everything was going digital. The client is starting their search online, and back then it was maybe 40% of people started searching for insurance online, and we all know that's about 80 to 90%. So we saw that trend happen early, and we realized that our brand wasn't good enough. Like, we had to stand out, and we, uh, Seth Godin calls it the purple cow. We had to make sure that our agency stood out and was different than everybody else, because everybody was the same. So that took us to find a branding company. Uh, we met a guy named Gare Mack 
Maxwell and uh, his company, The Seamless Brand, uh, he did a complete dive in our brand. And uh, at that point, Ian and I said, hey, if you want to call us something different, uh, you have full range to do it. You know, The term I used is probably not very politically correct, but if you want to call us the, the piece of crap insurance broker, do you think that's better? <laughs> I basically gave him free will to do whatever he wants. And it was funny. When he went through and did our, we did probably, what, a five, four months analysis, wasn't it? And we went through a bunch of questions, and we went away for two days and did soul searching. And he came back with us, and he said, "Hey, Excalibur is a great name. We love it, but we're going to call you the Defenders of Honor." And I'm like, "Defender, I get, but honor? We really struggle with the term honor, and uh, we realize that honor is doing the right thing. It's the right thing to do. It's a timeless, universal principle that'll never go to style." And we're like, "Yes, that's it." So that's kind of when the Defenders of Honor, the Excalibur, kind of rebranded. So we rebranded at that point, and then we decided to go digital and redo our website start looking at the user experience. Uh, we bought a really good applied Raider has a really good quoting engine in Canada, and we bought the more robust version so we could build different versions of the Raider, and we started experimenting. And uh, to be quite honest, when we started off, we weren't getting awesome results. Like, we found out our Raider was converting at 30%. So right, we would right. drive traffic to the Raider, 30% of the people would go through it. And, and that's, you know, and really losing. And we spent nine or $10,000 fixing that Raider to get it up to 70% conversion as an example. So, so along our ways, we kept trying new things, learning, bolting on new things into our processes. And lo and behold, we have 50 different technologies we use in our InsureTech or MarTech stack now at Excalibur to provide that digital client experience. So, you know, that's, and that's what I spoke on today about, or yesterday about humanizing digital experience. And uh, Una spoke about the employee experience because, you know, Una can talk about that, is if you don't have your employees and team on board and they can't deliver the service, everything's irrelevant. Right. So, so let's talk about that for just a second. So in regards to staff, I mean, you sit here and you decide to start making these changes. How did the staff get involved and what was their reaction to this process? Their first reaction any time we come back from a conference is, oh, dear, <laughs> I think I've heard that before, by the here, way. Right? I've heard that before. Um, but they realize that we, we come back and anything that we've done, we, we involve them in what we're doing as well and our decision making. So they know what's, what's coming and they know how to, we want the culture so that they can give us their feedback as well. And anything that we've done for them and with them has made their job a little more seamless and easier. At first it doesn't seem that way because they're looking at us going, we have to do what? We have to learn this? That's an extra step. I don't want to do that. It's like right from just the text, the texting software that we got them, like text the clients. Well, that's not right in applied. We have to go here. Digital signatures. It was terrible. Like that's too much work. It's just easier for me, the person, like them themselves, to just go ahead and I'm just going to fax it to them. I'm just going to email it to it. It's much easier. Once they were made do it, okay, the next 50 per, 50% of what you're doing, you have to do a digital signature this time. Now it's like, holy, holy cow, why would we do that all the time? It's, just, it's changed, right? It's changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as you really involve them and let them know what's going on, so they've got they ownership buy in. in the process. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think the big thing is we take, and they appreciate we're it. As a leader, we have to look at what's forward looking, we have to see what the trends are, and we have to start figuring out solutions and we bring it back uh, to the office and we figure out how we're going to work with it. And I, again, I don't think I did a super job maybe explaining some of the changes well enough, but we're doing a better job of, hey, here's why we're implementing this, here's the KPIs we hope to improve. Here's what other agents have experienced, is generally somebody else in North America has done 
what we've done before. You know, there's only a few things we may be one of the first people to do, like audio quotes, most of the other stuff. Somebody's already done it, and uh, we're just reusing it and taking, jumping on their learning curves. So it's important to try new things. Like our mantra is launch, fail, learn, fix. Is we realize we're not going to crush it out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So, but sorry. So you mentioned one one key thing there. You said launch, and what was that second word? Launch, fail. Fail. So fail. you're telling me that everything that you've tried hasn't worked. Oh no, no. 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 Failure. <laughs> failure stands for first attempt in learning. So, so I just yeah. thought everything you were doing yeah. was dead on the money, yeah. and it was just. Oh yeah, I would. I, would, I just. I don't know any person that tries to be successful that nails everything the first time. You know, there's there's you know, as Malcolm Gladwell says, ten thousand hours to figure things out and a professional and an amateur there's not one thing that's different there's 15 little things they do differently to make themselves great our job at Excalibur is to figure out those 15 things and again sometimes those things you figured out they become irrelevant for instance fax machines were amazing back in the 90s <laughs> well, now, now, now we have a few people still using them but being awesome at a fax machine isn't going to cut the mustard at this point you need to be good at different areas so those things are changing our job is to change with the consumer to make sure that we can roll the way they run connect the way they want to do it, right? And our staff can do that too. So so, so it is okay to fail. Failure is good. It yeah. said fail, uh, Zig Ziglar, failure is an event, not a person. <laughs> I think he said that wisely. And I, fail, Failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. And uh, you have to fail forward and learn by doing. And uh, Reed Hoffman says it best. If you try and launch something that's perfect and uh, you've launched it too late, you know, 75%, uh, they call it a minimum viable product. Get it out of the gate, learn from it, make it better, get feedback from your users, and get better over time. That's what we're big into. And once we learn that, we started launching a few more things. Because we were guilty. Oh, let's launch this when it's perfect. Well, we realize there's never going to be a perfect time. Mm-hmm. You just got to find it. You have to get out the gate, right? Well, I'm, I'm curious, you know, because I'm, I know that what you're doing is helping you get more people in the door. It's helping you keep your clients longer. But I'm also wondering if does it help to have that culture in the agency to keep your employees longer as well? Are you seeing more stability on the employment side? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And as I, as I spoke yesterday, um, how to keep your employees is keeping them engaged, letting them know that you're grateful for them, making they're appreciated. Because it's not all like, yes, they, they want to make a good salary as well, like a good career, but they really want to know that you appreciate them and that what they're doing, like we we really look up, up to them for doing that and coming to us with whatever they have. So that's the culture and letting them... Be comfortable, right? So, we were talking in one of your sessions, I believe, you were talking about the data, the data you collect and how you work yes. with your, with your uh, employees and that they hit certain criteria that they get to pick kind of some of the things that they would like to have. So it may not be bonuses, but can you share a little bit about that? I thought that was very interesting. So, yeah, so I really didn't measure a whole lot before. Um, and if you don't measure something, you can't manage it. So, And I didn't realize how important it was to the team to know and get the feedback on what their measurements were. Like if their goals are to um, finish all, all the renewals that come in, make those calls by the end of the week, um, they're going to so many account rounds in a month, so many referrals in a month, whether it be life or, or personal referrals, they, they've set the goals themselves. So we, as, as a team, talked and said, okay, this is what I think you can do. What do you guys want to do to start? Well, okay, well, let's do this, Una, for the first quarter of the year. And then we'll do this. So they came up with the goals themselves. And then they were also asked, and what what kind of rewards do you want for that? Because as an employer, you think, okay, I'm going to have to pay them more money. I'm going to do this. But they just wanted 
yeah, simple so, things. Yeah, so did that surprise you on the reward side as to what they, they wanted? I mean, because <laughs> I thought that was interesting uh, as we had that discussion on that piece. Share a little bit about that. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, so when I asked, okay, when you hit these goals after like three months and you've done everything you're supposed to do 100%, which is more work than they'd ever done, but now with doing that and measuring everything, their jobs have gotten easier. Um, less calls coming in because we're being proactive, not reactive with our clients. So they're really enjoying their job more. Um, and what they wanted was to wear jeans on a Friday. Jeans on a well. Friday. Would be Man, <laughs> it's like, that is great. I think I can maybe do that for you. So you that know? was doable. You this, absolutely. Yeah. This kind of leads me into my next question, which is, you know, that's something that's casual, it's fun, it's... And we think insurance has to be very proper, stuffy. very formal, yeah, very stuffy. Yeah. But you've got this great culture. I mean, I wish our podcast listeners could see you. You're in these like gorgeous uh, maple leaf jackets with red, red and white maple leaf jackets. Um, Our Don Cherry jacket. Yeah, yeah the, you know, and you, you, you know, you wore the uh, jerseys, the hockey jerseys for the presentation. Yeah, yeah. Which was so much fun, and you know, so many people think that. That has to be, insurance has to be so stuffy and has to be so proper. But you've been able to have a lot of fun with your agency. We're, 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 trying, to, like said, we're trying to change insurance, change thinking. Again, I always wore a suit and tie every day. Uh, you know, in our mastermind group, it's like putting on your uniform. And I, we did that forever. But there's been a new movement as the millennials have got more ingrained, the more insure techs have come in. It's better, you know, casual. You know, I'm wear, I, we wear vans half the time now when we're out speaking. We don't necessarily wear vans to work, but when we're out and about, it's nice to be relaxed, you you know, have a good time because yeah, be comfortable because it's comfortable learning. It's making learning fun, and you know, our big it's about us. Is we wear the hockey jerseys. We're proud of our heritage of Canada, and we're proud to bring a different vibe. And we want to, you know, our our big thing with our jerseys is it's about playing for the team on the front, the industry, not your name in the back. And together we can crush this agents if we all help each other. We can take any threat, insure tax, companies going direct, uh, people trying to eat our lunch. We can do it together. We want to get that that whole thing, and we want to inspire people to collaborate and share. And that's you know we're sharing our story. And by no means do Una, myself, and our Excalibur team and our management team there. We haven't got it all figured out, and we never will have it all figured out. But we'll get better every day, right? But I, I love this authenticity too. It's like you're not pretending like oh we've got the right answer or we know no. how to do everything and we you know this is it. We're, you know we we've got it nailed down. You're like hey here we are. We're trying new things. You know sometimes we're messing up. But ultimately, what we really care about is that are we providing this awesome experience and this awesome service to our clients and, our, and providing and a good environment for first, your, yeah. your staff, yeah. your team. And to make it comfortable for them, like as I suggested to you, some of them have very desks so they can stand because not everybody wants to sit all the time. Like, you know, love, and it's more productive. They're more awake at, in the middle of the day, and that's what the girls are saying to me. I love this, Una. Mm-hmm. Things are working so much better. So it's whatever they personally want. For an agency, like you said, if you try one thing and you fail... Uh, but if you know we've tried 15 things at the same point, who's going to learn faster, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're you know we're uh, we don't learn in different places. We don't sit in our ass in our office all the time waiting for the answers to come magically into our world. We're out meeting people, hanging out, connecting, learning, trying to find the best people. And we've been lucky. We've got we've got friends that are some of the best people in North America. We're lucky to draw them in as friends, and we pick up the phone and call people through. You know, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over years and years of meeting people, just being friendly, giving, exchanging, and. Uh, 
that you know we're in a position to learn as quickly as anybody because we've connected. We you know we always say be a be a learn it all, not a know it all. And uh, there's no finish line. And I think the Germans say it best: too soon old, too late smart. So let me ask you this: so listeners are out there, if they wanted to get started to change their agency, what would you recommend for them to do to get started? To change their agency, like yeah, the culture, the, the yeah, technology? the culture and the technology. Just look at it from both aspects. Um, they need to know what it is they want to get out of it, first of all. Like, what, what, are, what, what is their goal, their main goal that they want to get out? And then they have to start with themselves. They need a coach. They need to have somebody else to find, hold them accountable and then make sure that they involve their employees in what they're doing. Ask. Just you know, it's it's like anything in life. Like if you ask somebody for help, you're gonna get it. So I would do that. Um, technology, depending where they are okay. and and how big the organization is, where they need to go with that too. As Jeff said earlier, and you can jump in on this. Make sure you get a really good website. Check on that first. Yeah. Yeah. There's a needle a lot with just a good website. That's yeah. Great. yeah. Like, like my favorite question is, what does winning look like? That's the ultimate question. And paint a picture. Paint a picture. Don't get caught up where you are. What could your agency be? And just look in the future and start thinking about that. And then change your mindset. I said, you need to be, it's okay to fail. Like, you know, we fail, launch, fail, learn, fix. You have to make sure our industry is in the protection and the business to manage risk, but yet nobody wants to take any. Isn't that ironic? It is so ironic. we got to make sure that we, it's okay to fail. You know, nobody's perfect. And yes, some people have made a lot of money doing great, but uh, that whole Rocky analogy that, uh, Abby gave about hey you need to be hungry you need to be Rocky one where you're trying to get the belt you don't you don't want to be Rocky three where Clever Land comes in and eats your lunch right <laughs> I think that's a great analogy because you have to so you have to be hungry and learning but create a learning organization and uh, learn from different industries you know we look at different industries and we learn from what Amazon's doing what Zappos is doing about culture you know then you can, once you figure out what you want to be when you grow up or where you want to go is you know we we've created our why that we exist to champion people figure out what your Simon sitting why Figure these things out about your organization if you have it, and then you can go forward. And you need to get, you know, it's all about you need to create that culture uh, in your organization first so you can get to where you need to go and start crushing your KPIs, whatever those are. That's so awesome. And this has been such a fantastic interview. And I think that's the perfect note to end on. Thank you both so much. Thank you for coming all the way oh, down absolutely. from Canada yeah. to no, North Carolina. This Thanks was for having us. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, and by the way, how did the game go last night? Because I missed the end. Go Leafs. They okay, won. Leafs <laughs> all right. Toronto Maple Leafs are up one nothing, and uh, it's uh, all good in Canada for yeah. one day at least. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, safe travels back home, right. and thank you so Thanks. much Thanks for so being here. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Thanks, guys. Well, George, you were right. I guess it is good to fail. I told you Jeff was going to say that. In fact, I guess if you never fail, it means you're never taking action, and that's not good. Agreed. And we have to try something. And if we fail, hey, it's okay. We look at that, we learn from it, and we move on. You know, he talked about massive action, and that's great if you can do that. But I don't want our listeners to limit themselves if they think they don't have enough time or, or they're not sure they can do everything all at once. I think if you just do one thing, at least you're moving in the right direction. Couldn't agree more, Charlotte. If they could focus on just one item and start that and do that well, then they could finish that and then go to item two, item three, and now we're making progress. I agree. I think you've got got something there. In fact, if you haven't written something down to do, go back and listen to the podcast again. 
and write down the one thing that you want to implement from the podcast. And then leave us a review and let us know if this has been helpful. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to hear the responses. Me either. And we look forward to seeing you in Episode 3. Thanks for joining us on the Insurance Agency Trendsetters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can find show notes for each episode at insuranceagencytrendsetters.com, as well as links to contact Charlotte and George. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Thank you.